Turns out it's haunted. The podcast covering haunted locations and spooky stories. We're your hosts, Tracy and Laura. Hello, scaredy cats. Hi, scaredy cat. We're in your ear holes again. Uh huh. Freaking you out. Uh huh. It's Tracy's turn to read this week. Uh mm-hmm. We hope you're all well. We're still in lockdown, amusing ourselves with freaky shit. Uh huh. <laughs> And I'm still sick. Tracy's a little under the weather. We're recording in COVID-safe environments, so just so, you know, we'll put that as a waiver at the front. We're being very COVID-safe. We are, and we hope that um, the podcasts are bringing you some entertainment. Indeed. If you are or if you are not in lockdown, um, yeah, we aim to please. We hope you're safe wherever you are. So I thought that... um, that it would be really cool if we have every now and then a uh, turns out it's haunted kind of like urban legend or real haunting, Ooh. like you decide kind of thing. So yeah. I want everyone to send us in your urban legends if you come from a place where there's an urban legend in your town or whatever, um, and whether or not you know the, the backstory of the urban legend doesn't really matter, just send it to us and let us do the research and you know, we'll bring it in like a little little series within the series. Uh, urban legend or real haunting. I love that. Yeah. So if you do have one and you're heaps motivated right now, have a look at the show notes. Our contact details are there. You can DM us on Instagram. The Gmail is our, turns out she's psychic one, so tospsychic at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, look us up. Yeah. Find us, send that shit in. We yes. are so keen. Yeah. So today we're going to do the Wakehurst Parkway. Ooh. Do you know about the Wakehurst Parkway? <laughs> I love when you're like, do you know it? No, I do not. Really? I suppose because you didn't grow up in Sydney. No. no. I was born in Sydney. Mm. I did not grow up there. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um, actually, when I found out the other day that you were born in Sydney, I was actually surprised. Were you? Mm. I didn't yeah. know that. I was not prepared for that message to come through to say it was that hospital. Oh, yeah. Mm. My parents like lived there and then they had, my dad was from here, from the Central Coast. Mm. And when they were having babies, they decided to move back to the coast for the lifestyle, the family-friendliness. Thank goodness. Even back then. But then my dad did mm. commute for eight years on oh. the train back into the city. Wow. Yep. Left in the dark, came home in the dark. Oh. Thanks, Mama Bear, for, you know, looking after me and my baby brother. We did that the other day when we went to that podcast twenty yes. twenty four thing. And I sat there looking at people just thinking. Before oh, lockdown. God, I am so, yeah, before lockdown. I am so glad that this is not my life. I know. Imagine doing that every day. Especially in winter. Dad has this story that in the old trains they used to heat up, I don't know, lumps of like warm metal or whatever it was and they used to go Mm. around and used to rest your feet on them. Oh, wow. Because it was warm. That's cool. It's weird. Like in the old trains. I know. I used to love those old trains. Yeah. And we used to like love going to work with him if it was, you know, I don't know when he would take us to work, but he did. We used to love catching trains and he used to teach at uni and this old, old Sydney uni, there was a lift. It was, this is like digressed already from the podcast, (laughs) but it was this big tower 
and this lift was like a chain attached to a platform of concrete, just oh, a yeah. slab, and yep. we had to, like, stay in the middle. But, of course, you know, we used to have to want to peek over the edge as well and it was, like, creepy and awesome. So Loved cool. It. Yeah, I so remember cool. those. Do I would you? have forgotten about them. Yeah. I don't know where I would remember it from, but I do remember it. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Good old 80s. Mm-hmm. So safe. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> anyway. all survived. <laughs> we did. And the ones that didn't, we never knew about. That's right. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. <laughs> okay, well, for me, I um, the house I live in now is the 29th house that I've lived in in my life. Wow. Wow. And so I grew up um, moving around a ton. Uh, and for a lot of, a fair chunk of my uh, childhood, though, I lived in and around Sydney. Um, and at one point, um, my parents had, uh, my parents have a franchise and one of their stores was based over in Chatswood. And when I was getting my driver's license, my L's, I would, I drove from Western Sydney to Chatswood every Sunday morning and home again. And that was part of my learning experience. Oh yes. Um, and, and one of their shops was also, um, up at, um, Harbord and there was lots of other of these stores up in the Northern beaches. And so I was quite familiar with the Wakehurst Parkway because of that trip that I would kind of do that took me over to that area and I would see the signs and I'd only ever been on it a few times. I'd never driven on it. Like it's in terms road. of I've never driven. Yeah. yeah. It's a road that, um, it runs for 14.6 kilometers, um, for our international listeners, that's nine miles or so. Um, and it runs from a Sydney suburb of a Sydney Northern Beaches suburb of Narrabeen through to Seaforth. Uh, and it runs through the Garrigal National Park or the Garrigal National Park, which is massive. Um, and it was built in 1939. So it's a really old road. Um, it hasn't had much maintenance either. There's always calls from locals and um, because, um, which we'll get into a little bit later, but there are so many fatalities on this road and Ooh. no one really fixes it. So it's a super, super, super eerie road, whether you are driving it day or night. It's just you know, and I'll post some pictures of it as usual on, on Instagram, but it's just a, just a a freaky ass looking road. Um, but it's also home to a few urban legends or real hauntings. (laughs) Um, and, um, it, it would make sense that there would be because there's actually been a few quite significant known traumas that have occurred, horrific traumas that have occurred along the parkway. So I'm going to just share um, because I feel like I have to have a little bit of true crime in every haunted podcast that I have. Please do. Um, I'm going to share um, three of the most well-known um, traumatic events that have occurred either on um, or to do with the Wakehurst Parkway um, that are quite... And the rain comes down. Yeah. If you can hear that sound, it is pissing down. Some beautiful heavy rain. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to share a couple of stories. And, and you know what? Like, I can only imagine that road, that these are just the ones that we know about. Like, oh, there would right. be... Yeah. It would have to be, like, a... Like a you know, heaven's gate essentially for a serial killer or for anyone that, um, even a one-time killer, you know, like it would have to be the perfect place, I reckon, to just dump a body. Perfect crime. So, um, 
eight-year-old Graham Thorne's belongings were found in 1960 on the side of the parkway, and later his lifeless body was discovered at the end in Seaforth. Graham was actually kidnapped from outside his Bondi home and is believed to be Australia's first ransom case. Oh. And his parents had recently won a lottery um, that was the... There used to be a lottery called the Opera House Lottery or the Royal Opera House Lottery or something like that, but it had to do with Opera House. Um, And today uh, it would be worth about $3 million. That's how much money they won. Good God. And so this... um, Hungarian immigrant, uh, his his name here when he lived here was Stephen Bradley, uh, but his name was like Istvan something something. Um, he uh, knew because it was quite publicised that it was a well-to-do family as well, Graham came from, that they'd won the $3 million lottery. It was in the papers and everybody knew about it. And so he plotted to kidnap Graham and hold him ransom for the $3 million. And so he... Um, Stole Graham, took him from the front of their house in Bondi and um, a few days, I think, or it might have even been like a week later, um, they discovered the remains and Stephen Bradley was caught and sentenced to life in prison. But he died not long after in 1968 in prison. Um, So it's pretty... Poor baby. Pretty horrific. And he was a gorgeous boy too. And I think he was a... um, a, I'm going to get this so wrong, but he was a um, either a King's boy or a um, Sydney boys' school boy. Like he private, was a private school, school already and then came into that money. Mm. There is such a massive target, isn't there, when you... Yeah, especially back then as well. Like yeah. people were a lot more, um, I think, um, not angry, but kind of felt as if like there was... How, why, why do the rich get richer? And, and I said, yeah, like of, he was an immigrant yeah. from yeah. Hungary, clearly not right, but clearly sat at home, like festering, looking yeah. at this thing on the news, like already figuring out that he's like got a life of not much. And yeah, you know, just this anger. Yeah. Drives, resentment. And, yeah. So much. Yeah. Not that I'm condoning people's excuses to become killers. Not at all, no. Um, And then in 1994, um, and so I can't imagine that 34 years goes by without anything else happening in this place, let me tell you. But in 1994 at Deep Creek Reserve along the parkway, um, which if you're going from Narrabeen to Seaforth, Deep Creek Reserve is on the left side and it's probably three quarters of the way down the road. So it's more towards the Seaforth end than the Narrabeen end. And it's off the track to the left and there's a reserve and there's the creek and it's a quite a popular picnic and, and um, recreational area. Um, Seaforth man Stephen Dempsey was shot and killed by a high-powered compound bow, like a proper sporting bow and arrow. Wow. Fired by local Palm Beach man Richard Leonard. After being left in the creek there for a few hours, Richard came back and Stephen was dismembered (sighs) at the creek and his body parts were packed up and taken home to Richard's house where he kept them in his freezer Whoa. for a further four months before then being wrapping them up in chicken wire weighing them down with rocks and dumping them in pit water which is just do you have backstory on that that what's the motive did they know each other is it this um i didn't want to kind of like i kind of wanted to breeze over but oh, crimes okay and things like <laughs> 
I really just wanted to create like a like I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to turn this into a true crime podcast, Fair. even though I would love to. Okay. Um, so Richard Leonard is now serving two life sentences after previously stabbing to death a Northern Beaches taxi driver, Ezzedine Barmat, previous to killing Stephen. Okay. So who knows if he only ever killed those two, but that's all he ever was tried and convicted for, and Ooh. he's currently in jail. Right. Um, Do go on then. Yes. Uh, apparently he was... Um, Apparently he had links to Richard Leonard, the killer. Apparently had, he had links to um, cult it's, Satanism. Oh, oh, I was going to say links to being a dickhead because that that's too. not a regular <laughs> occurrence. Um, okay. Okay, moving right. on. Mm-hmm. So the body of 21-year-old Macquarie Uni student Francis Tazzoni, I think it's Tazzoni or Tazzone, was found in 1995, dumped in the bushes off the parkway at French's Forest with an autopsy telling us that she had been strangled and suffocated to her death. Eventually, John Serratore, Francis's abusive, angry and jilted ex, was arrested for her murder. After a few appeals, he was eventually released in May 2012, spending only two years and 34 days behind bars. How? So a little bit about that... Um, there wasn't actually enough substantial evidence to keep him there and he kept he went up to appeal and it got denied and then he appealed again and he got let out um because of um a few kind of like almost like um administrative errors or like things that weren't done to follow protocol and his lawyers were able to just catch those loopholes and let him out oh that's so disappointing yeah but there's so many um so much of francis's family believe without a shadow of a doubt that he he killed her. Yeah. Um, just from messages that um, they were able to find on her phone and things that she told her sister and her mum. And she she told them that she was on the way to see him and then never returned. Yeah. So he obviously would have been the last person to have seen her alive. And Oh, gosh. Plus he had um, told one of his either friends or brothers or something or colleagues even that um, he wanted her kidnapped and tortured and killed. To pay for to pay for what she'd done in rejecting him, so that went up to trial and was used as um, motive. Well, it was used as evidence from a witness to yeah. say that he had plans. Oh yeah. So, and like I said before, these are just the ones that we know of. Who knows how many more are out there? Um, but the Wakehurst Parkway, despite having these three infamous um, murders occur. Um, no one's ever really spoken about the spirits of these three coming to them on the parkway, but there are a few spirits that they do talk about. Um, so the Wakehurst Parkway's most infamous ghost is the woman in her 20s or 30s who dresses in what some describe as a nun's habit, and some sources say that this is the spirit that is known as Kelly, but there is a very famous spirit named Kelly, who exists on the Wakehurst Parkway, except depending on which sources I read about, they I got a little bit confused as to whether this is Kelly or whether the other girl that's there is Kelly, which you'll hear about in a minute. Okay. But for arguments, well, not for arguments sake, but for, for what I think that I've worked out, I'm going to go with that this is Kelly. 
Okay. So at night, Kelly can be seen in her white dress on the side of the road. And as drivers go past, they see her and they they obviously look in their rear view mirror to check out this weird chick walking along the side of the road dressed in white in the middle of the night. And when they look into the rear view mirror, um, they have these eyes staring back at them because Kelly is now in the back seat of their car and staring at them through the rear rear vision mirror. Um, And she's always been described as having distinctive eyes. And there are some artists' renditions of this, and I can't look at them. Oh, wow. They are like... They just give me. This is why I don't watch movies. I'm such a visual person. Like once I see it, I can't unsee it, and yeah. I, it gets so inside of me. Um, a cab driver once shared his spine tingling experience with Kelly in 2010. He claimed to have seen her in a kind of white gown and headdress, like a Christian nun. I couldn't really see her face clearly, just the shape of her face and her deep green eyes. Yes, the sad green eyes. But she was definitely real and sitting there and staring back at me at that precise moment. I slammed the brake hard, he wrote in a blog post. So in my research, there is a filmmaker named Bianca Biasi, and she's since 2015, she's been creating a documentary on the topic. I don't know if it's been released. I couldn't find anything that said it has. So I'm not sure whether it's still in the processes or whether it got canned. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but she was a, her um, resources were a great source of information for this. Oh, great. Um, she discovered a possible identity for this woman in white. So she um, she was doing lots of paranormal investigations and stories of urban legends and hauntings and things like that cool. through documentary. Yeah, very cool. And so she went to the Q station. And was doing an investigation and figuring out another documentary for that. And she just was like walking along and she sees a photo of um, a group of nurses, like these three or four nurses, and they're wearing the white uniform with the nun's habit looking white nurse headdress. And straight away she's just like, I wasn't even thinking about it. As soon as I saw her, I was just like, that's it. She's not a nun. She's probably a nurse from the Q station. So she's pretty pretty certain that um, this Kelly spirit is probably a spirit from the time that the Q station was working. Yeah. Um, and that maybe was, because the Q station is not far from the Waco's Parkway, maybe she was travelling home one night from work and maybe got killed or had an accident along the way and, and her spirit stuck on the Waco's Parkway trying to get home. Right. So that's a, that's a theory that... Um, the only like the only theory that I could find in terms of the identification or the identity of Kelly. Yeah. Um, it's unknown how she got the name Kelly, um, but some people say that if you don't tell her that she's not welcome in your car, she will force you to steer your car off the road and crash. So there's so many stories of single vehicle crashes um, that ser- that seem to have absolutely no real cause. Mm-hmm. as to why it happened people just feel like they just their car just goes off the road why would a spirit want to do that i don't know angry don't know. right okay maybe doesn't know how strong they are oh who knows okay maybe the fear i i have no idea of the driver yeah 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 um who, who knows yeah okay it's one of those things yeah well it's one of those things too that like unless i saw it I wouldn't believe it. Yeah, well, it's much like the uh, the urban legend from up this way, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. On Wilfred Barrett Drive, people yeah. think that they see somebody in the 
rearview mirror and mm-hmm. they're sitting in their car. It's very similar. Same. And it's a very similar road. Okay. Yeah, bushy and right on the coast or? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it goes through a parkway. It goes okay. through a bushland, like a national it's park. It's just national park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's also another female ghost um, that they believe is to be in her late teens or early 20s. And she's seen wearing what people describe as um, light-coloured hippie-style clothing. So other than that, I don't know any other description to us to what to say. <laughs> um, and reputable psychic mediums have actually spent time out there, including one who works or has worked for the police in the past um, to help with missing people. Um, I love that shit. Yeah. So... Um, to help gain an understanding of who she might be. But despite not meeting each other or knowing anything of each other's findings, three of the psychic mediums sketched eerily similar pictures of the spirit and all pointed to the same location where they believe the body of the spirit is buried. Ooh. Except police aren't doing anything about that. Oh, they didn't. No. They haven't done anything in terms of digging up and... And trying to discover because that's a lot of a lot of manpower, a lot of resources, a lot of money yes. to go into something that someone like me just pointed them in the mm-hmm. direction of. But there are two known missing persons cases that some people believe could hold answers and potentially solve the mystery of the unidentified woman, with one being from the early two thousands. So this Bianca Biasi that I was talking about, the filmmaker, um, this is where I got that information from from her and um she said that they actually can't name who these missing persons are that this is linked to because it's being investigated by the police in terms of whether or not um there's any kind of link there at all so um they are doing work yeah and a documentary would never like a, a filmmaker or a psychic would never turn around and put names out there to open up wounds and you know potentially open up um, a lot of pain for yeah. the survivors that are there that belong to these two missing people. Um, also, some motorists along the parkway have reported picking up a girl, a young girl covered in blood, and driving her to the hospital only to get there and find that she's disappeared. Wow. So this has happened a few times, like enough times where it's like, is this an urban legend or is it actually happening? Um, others experience... And and this, I believe, others experience strange car electrics, computer phenomena with windscreen wipers going crazy or just stopping, radios changing stations or dropping out, loss of headlight power, the speedo going to zero kilometres and doors locking on and off, on and off, on and off. (laughs) Um, Which is actually quite common. Like, I mean, we experience that, you experience that with your laptop when you're with me. Yes. You know, like it's pretty... But also your lights that time from Mangrove Creek, Mangrove yeah, Mountain. Yeah, yeah, when we stopped for something to eat and your light just kept, mm-hmm. well, it wouldn't switch on. It was on and then it switched off. Yeah, and now <laughs> it works perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, and I've had to have, like, every car that I've had ever since I have first had a car, which was when I was 17 or 18, um, every car that I've had, I go through tyres like nobody's business. Like, I need to own my own tyre shop or invest in shares for tyres. <laughs> and I was only thinking about it the other day that I wonder if it's got something to do with it. I don't know. I it's would not electrical to... though, is it? No, but I feel like it must have something to do with it. But it is, it and stops my alignment... the current, you know, like the rubber is what stops yeah. the current from travelling. Like with lightning. 
Um, And also I always need wheel alignments. And they always say your tires wear too quickly because you're wheel like you're out of alignment and I'm just like oh that's not even funny I'm me out of alignment Ah. but um but it's like I get a wheel alignment all the freaking time like how many times does a person need new tires in a wheel alignment like it's not normal and I think it's think it's me maybe it's just your poor driving you know bumping into curbs and so single vehicle car accidents (laughs) go on So, like I said before, single-vehicle car accidents are far too common on this scary stretch of road, and although I couldn't find the official number of deaths on the Waycoast Parkway, I did find the statistic that 17 people died in a five-year period leading to 2020. Gosh, that's a lot. It's a lot. And that road's been open since 1939, and that's just 17 in five years on one road. With the most recent being not that long ago, a couple of years ago, or might have even been last year, a young girl who was actually on her phone... Um, was killed at the set of traffic lights, I think where it gets to um, the Wakehurst Parkway, comes to a, uh, like, an intersection with, oh, I'm so going to get this wrong, Wurrunga, um, I don't know where it is, maybe Wurrunga. Like Bobbin Head uh, Road? No, it oh. starts with W. Um, Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, anyway, she was sitting there and she was on her phone and she died. She was in a, an accident. I think she was hit. Oh, she was sitting she still. Was, I think she was stationary and she was struck by another car and was killed. Um, pretty sure that's the way the story goes. Don't use your phone and drive people. No, don't. It's Even actually really funny. Still. I was talking to a client this morning and I rang and he answered and he was on his Bluetooth clearly driving and he's just like, and I couldn't hear him properly. He's like, hang on a minute. I'll come onto my phone. Like, no, 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 let's not do that. No. I'll call you this afternoon. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. I'm a rule breaker in some cases. Not that way. No. No. No, don't drive. And I was going to say don't drink and drive. Don't do that. But don't also do that either. Don't, don't talk on your phone and drive. Don't do technology and drive. Mm-mm. So that's just a little bit about the urban legends surrounding um, the Wakehurst Parkway. Um, But there are lots and lots and lots of uh, paranormal investigators online that you can go and check out videos of where they go for drives down there and they take their EVPs and they take their electromagnetic um, devices and they ask questions and they have documentation. They have documented their cars doing weird things with the electrics like I was talking about. Um, Yeah, so you can go online and listen to all that kind of stuff. And then I thought, because we're in lockdown, maybe we could just go for a drive down the Lakehurst Park. We can go driving. (laughs) I can do driving. I can even record you. (laughs) I think the last time I went down the Lakehurst Parkway was when Alaska, who is eight, um, in a couple of weeks uh, was when she was a baby and I'll never forget it because it was so creepy because I was in the car with just Alaska and Matt had the boys and we were coming back from Sydney in two cars and the freeway was shut. I can't remember why it was shut, but we had to take um, the long way through the M2. And so basically... Oh, the uh, Pacific Highway was shut. Yeah, like yep. something was shut. And I can't remember why, but I needed to go along the Wakehurst Parkway. Yep. Anyway, so I was along the Wakehurst Parkway and Alaska hated being in the car as a baby, a newborn baby. And so the only thing that she would... would would stop her from crying was if I sung Twinkle Twinkle Little Star oh, and I literally sung Twinkle Twinkle Little Star 
<laughs> non-stop for 14.6 kilometres in the pitch black in the middle of the night with a screaming baby, oh me seeing people doing a little start, two hands on the wheel, knowing that I was at the Waycoast Parkway going, okay, this is not the time to appear in my backseat of my car. This is not the time to appear on the side of the road because I think I'm going crazy. You were really conscious of it yeah. at the time of the road you were on. Very. One time, my friend Rachel and I were driving back home from my parents' house up in Port Macquarie, so three and a half hours with little Lucy in the car, and it was wheels on the bus for her. Three and a oh half God. hours wheels on the bus. Don't you love it? Yeah, Rachel still does not let me forget that. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> There's I always something. She, I bet she's got her karma now with hers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, probably not, because he seems so cruisy, her firstborn. She's pregnant again, so we'll see what she gets this time around. Yeah. <laughs> The wheels on the bus. <laughs> not that I'm wishing it on you, Rachel. <laughs> kind no. Of, kind of not. <laughs> no. I was reading a thing the other day on Facebook where they said, um, you know, what was the, what was, what, what's your favourite advice that you've been given from, from childless friends? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. The mind boggles. But um, I remember when I didn't have kids, I remember thinking, why are you washing your hair at three in the morning because it's the only time your child sleeps, blah blah Like, just let it cry. It's a baby. It will cry. And then I did have a baby and she did cry all the time and I was there washing my hair at three in the morning because <laughs> it was the only time I had the chance and then I fully understood, Larry, you need to shut up. <laughs> washing your hair with your tears that you were Absolutely. crying. Absolutely. 100% that was me and I, yep, I dug that hole for myself good and proper. <laughs> I remember people used to just say sleep when the baby sleeps and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm sleeping when the baby sleeps. I mean, I am getting shit done when the baby's yeah. asleep. It's the only time to it's, live. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I remember thinking, have I got this backwards? But yeah. I can't do that. Like, I have to, like, it's the time that I want to have my shower and it's the time that I want to yeah. cook dinner or it's the time I want to do things. It's biggest mind fuck ever. Mm. It's like, and how am I doing that when they're telling me not to do that and I can only do that? And blah, blah, blah. Oh. Plus, my babies were all amazing sleepers like oh, right. sleep 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 through the night from six weeks sleep 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 Just i did not slept. have that oh so they slept all night so they're not sleeping through the day they would wake up for two feeds but they would wake up feed and go back straight back to sleep again like beautiful after 20 minutes they'd be back to sleep wow and after six weeks they were going from 10 till four of yep. six hours of solid sleep so that was that was to me sleeping through that's amazing from six yep. weeks yep. yeah yeah Nice. So I had, like, I wasn't tired. Yep. I was the opposite. <laughs> We're always opposites. <laughs> we are. We are. What are we doing now? Okay. So um, we mentioned last week that yes. we had some pictures of some, a skull. We got a sent human skull. a superb email. We did, which I'm going to read. You're going to read it? I'm going to read it. Okay. Actually, I'm going to edit some of it because... The rest of it I'm going to move over to Turns Out She's Psychic. Ooh, you yep. do your thing because I want to hear what you have to say. Okay, so we're going to read some of it. So, Sean, thank you so much for your email, but I am going to edit and then we will take it over to Turns Out She's Psychic, which yep. we forgot to announce in our last episode, Laura. We are taking a little bit of a hiatus. Yep. We're taking a two-week break. Yeah, couple of weeks Just break. a couple of weeks. Season two is done and dusted. Yeah. And we're coming back hard for season three. We're mapping it out. We're going to bring it in we a couple are. of weeks' time. And I will do the rest of Sean's email from the first episode back. Deal? Sure. Yep. Deal. Okay. okay. Dear Lara and Tracy, 
Firstly, after stumbling upon your podcast at the psychic and the psychic abilities episodes, that was enough to hook me and take me straight to your first episode to begin my all-consuming spiritual musings binge. As a chronological listener, thanks, Sean, <laughs> Team Tracy, I have loved watching your show grow from its raw, grown-together, almost community radio feel version with occasionally dodgy mics and background sounds to the now polished and still very organic show we currently listen to. There will still be background noises. <laughs> Always. Um, every single episode has been captivating and I listen to the theme tune due to its intro and outro every time, thinking that's a bloody stroke of genius in itself right there. Oh, Aww. many, many, many love. And thanks for that acknowledgement, Sean. Yeah. And that's why we've had our Maddie Matt do their music for the intro and outro for all three of the podcasts. So in love mm-hmm. with it. And I love like, um... I'm going to say working with him to do it, but I don't work with him. I'm like, no, yes, it needs like this. And then I'll try and make a rendition of what I see it. And then he just like does it, but so much better. Like, and then I don't Shannon actually throws help. the audio through of a black cockatoo and yeah. you're just like, okay. <laughs> the turns out she's a witch. I'm just in love with that one. Anyhow. Yeah, sorry. It's really cool. It is. Okay. So um, I'm going to cut, 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 cut. Okay. So <laughs> I have an old Mirsham. Mirsham? Mirsham. Mirsham pipe? Yep. I bought from an antique store many years ago. The bowl is carved into the shape of the head of a pretty lady wearing a large hat from that period of fashion. I was told it was likely from the late 1800s and it has been well used. I wonder if you can give me any further insight about it. Feel free to spin me some bullshit if you simply get nothing from the attached pit. (laughs) jokes but I feel this pipe would have been special to someone and probably would have helped them as they pondered all sorts of things in life however if there is some spirit or memory attached to it then maybe I need to put a pinch of sage in the pipe and give it a few good puffs until it's clean (laughs) (laughs) what else is going in that pipe I love the way he writes yeah um cut 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 um finally while I enviously don't have My own ghost story to offer you both. I do have this to share. In one of the previous eps, you touched on the not coolness of finding either human bones or more so human skulls. A guy I used to be in regular contact with is a chippy. And years ago, he was doing some demolition of part of either a hospital or a university. And amongst some of the things that were there was a human (laughs) skull. I presume that it was from a body left to science. Fingers crossed emoji. But in any case, since that demolition work, the skull now sits in his garage and has become an interesting talking piece for new people that drop around for a beer in the RV. Is this, in brackets, spiritually, not ethically, a bad thing to have? And if so, why? Especially if it was part of the frame of a mere meat costume, so to speak. I love that. (laughs) We talk about meat costumes. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love you. Although, admittedly, I certainly would not want my own skull sitting in some rando guy's man cave. <laughs> he seems like the last person to be concerned about having someone's actual skull. And even though I held it and nothing bad seems to have come from it, there was definitely something a bit creepy and intrusive feeling about inspecting the skull that has housed someone's eyeballs <laughs> and brain. Essentially, the main part for all their thoughts, emotions, and whole life experience here this time around. For however long he will end up having the skull in his possession, what would be the correct way for him to unhave it? <laughs> 
the best. For lack of a more dignifying term, as it's hardly something you would chuck out, bury by your tomatoes, or waltz into a police station with it all loose back. <laughs> God, I wish there was more Sean's around. I know. You need or, to keep writing, Sean. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, Thank you so much for continuing to put your shows together. It's everything we never realised we all wanted so much to hear. From a guy's perspective, I cannot wait, in caps, to someday hear a Maddie Matt special interview episode. Prayer hands. We're going to do that. Kind regards, Sean. We are. We're just going to get him drunk enough first to agree to it. (laughs) And now we need Boo in there as well. Absolutely. Maddie Matt and Boo. Yep. (laughs) Matt, Maddie Boo. (laughs) Maddie Matt Boo. Maddie Boo Matt. We're going to build a studio and then they will come. What do they say? Build it and then Build come. it and then yep. shall come. Well, first they have to build it. Well, yeah, because <laughs> they're the builders. Okay. So first I have a question. Sean, what are you doing in an antique store buying the pipe? Like what what drew you to buying this pipe? Because there's got to be stories there. Yeah, well, Sean and I uh, am just about to start doing some mentoring with Sean, which is really cool. Cool, man. Is one of the most um, coolest, authentic um, dudes that I've come across in a really long time. Nice. Really long time. He just really just honors himself accepts himself and does himself um and to know him the way that i've begun to know him this is exactly something that sean would do amazing now so this pipe that sean was told that um was probably from the late 1800s from what i understand in looking at it um i kept hearing um earlier earlier oh, i kept hearing um before and so then when I started to think before I'm like okay is that earlier and then I heard earlier 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 and so I got on and I did a little bit of research and so these types of pipes especially this one which was made from um a certain material that came from Greece um oh really yeah so um it's like a sea sponge material what yeah so um like a mineral you're that going they find. to post this on yeah, social too the fiddle um, of the pipe. But they were actually popular in the early 1700s. And what? so this one, from what I can feel, is smack being in the middle of that time. So I'm looking more towards the mid to late 1700s, not late 1800s. So 100 years earlier. Yes, which is a bonkers. Yeah, it's a big banking piece of time yeah um it's a beautiful pipe and yes it has been very well used because as you'll see in the photos that i put up it's got like a beautiful black head on top <laughs> on top of her hat it's worn it's worn um but the handle is the handle is um like a i don't know what they would have made it by then but it almost looks like amber like an amber resin type handle um, yeah it does and so um, there's also carvings um, that can sometimes – there's a silver piece that links the handle to the actual bowl of the pipe where the lady's head is, and um, that silver piece in some pipes, I've been told, actually has uh, some carvings on it or some light sort of marks on it to show when it was made or where it was made. Um, so that's one – 
way of yeah being able to find out a little bit more about it but i would imagine that sean would have inspected this thing like nobody's business and maybe would have told us if he'd found any kind of information at all um for me all i seem to have is um a um like a a man that appears now i don't know whether it was his but when i when i connect to the pipe I get this man that appears who is wearing some kind of military uniform, but he almost looks German. So he has like, and when I say almost looks German, he has like a, um, like a Hitler moustache, um, which I don't know whether he had that or whether he's showing me that to give me an idea that he's German. Oh, right. Um, but he's got quite a square jaw, um, but I feel like he would have been some kind of captain um, in one of the wars from the 1700s. Wow. Um, but he's travelled to England um, for some reason where he met um, a woman who he appears to have had an affair with by the looks of it. Um, and I'm wondering whether or not this, this pipe was made as a vision of her um, and it was gifted to him. I'm not sure, but he just shows me that he goes by boat from Germany or from his home country, which is over that side, which would have to be European. Yeah. It's European of some sort. So Austrian, Hungarian, like all that, like from that side catches a boat over to England um, where he has a affair. Um, Cause I can see that they're trying to keep it secret um, with a woman who was married um, I think she may have even had a baby. Anyway, um, yeah, with a woman who was married um, and then he left. He never saw her again. Um, but I think that this was made like as... Symbolic of her. I think so. Wow. Um, and it has something to do with Africa. So I believe he's then gone on to Africa by, that's below England. So he's travelled by boat down from England down to Africa and he's had it made there. So this actually could be... Um, that's what I was thinking. Is there part ivory in that? But you're saying it's a um, material from Greece. Well, that's what I was about to say. So, But the Mearsham? Mearsham. That's what I keep going to say, but I don't know where I'm getting that from. Yeah. Mearsham. Um, the, they were made in two different places. So they were made in Africa and in Greece because right. the Greeks stopped the um, making of them because people were coming and taking all of the mineral and it was affecting their seas. Wow. So wow. they made them in Africa. So he might have had this made in Africa. It might not even be a Greek one. Stands to reason. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that much about the pipes. That's yep. as far as I can go, really. But he's done this this journey from Europe to England to Africa. He's had an affair in England with a woman, and I think this is probably his pipe. He's just te- he's storytelling right now, so he's not even really talking about the pipe. He's just showing up and showing me a story, and when I connect to that pipe, he's who appears and he's the only person who appears. Yeah. How did it end up in an antique store in Australia? Who knows? Amazing. Amazing. That's a couple of hundred years there that is unaccounted for. Mm, I wonder if Sean's got any German or European heritage or DNA ancestry. It might have found his way back. Maybe. Um, Yeah, I don't know. 
that's all I get when I look at that. So maybe not necessary to... Uh, smoke it out. Smoke the sage out. It's <laughs> fairly harmless there, just yeah, really it's, interesting. It's actually been uh, cleansed by the looks of it or by the feel of it um, and it's got really no energy attached to it that I can feel um, apart from this guy. It doesn't have any kind of lingering it's emotion to it. It's all very mm. – I feel like I'm just being shown um, – like a, a black and white movie, a yep. sketch kind of thing with a with f- like f- that flickers. Yeah, like the, the old black and white films ooh. without sound. Yep, I feel like that's what I'm looking at. So cool. I don't have any emotions, I don't have any thoughts, I don't have any feelings. I've just been shown a story, and that's the story I was told. So whether it's related to originated from there, <laughs> I have no idea. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Love, 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 love. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let's move on to the skull, the human skull. So cool the photos well is it i think the coolest thing is the little puppy that's sitting behind (laughs) the skull it's just like that's mine i want to chew on it give it to me it's a bone as a nurse i've never seen a human skull up close i've seen loads of photos of them i've seen moldings of them i've seen fake ones i would have thought you i would have said like if someone had said to me you're gonna die if you pick the wrong answer i would have said she absolutely has seen a, a real human skull Not that close and not from the angles that he's provided. And it's clear that this skull, like he alludes to in his email, it's been used, um, you know, for teaching or science because there's, you know, there's been work that has been done on this skull. There's a a hinge connecting the jaw, like holding it in place. Yep. And it has had a um, craniotomy. Those two holes that are drilled on the side. Is that what that is? Um, in the skull, it's oh, been the sort cut. of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. the cut, yeah. like the, at the top of the skull's been cut off. Correct. And then replaced. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so those holes, yeah, I'm not sure if they're screws, just um, maybe it has to give it held more. it into place. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing afterwards. But so it's clearly been used for teaching purposes of some description, but it is a real skull. It's missing a lot of teeth. It's not a mould or a cast of one. It is an actual... Skull. Can confirm. And so looking at even the sinus cavities, it's going to sound real gross, but from the inside, yeah, that's fascinating. It's so cool. I find that very fascinating. Yeah. Um, So thanks for the really cool photos. Yeah, and I can see why people do gather to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, so what's your take on it, Tracy Stacey? That this person had very poor dental hygiene. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. Well, teeth can fall out after the fact, though, too. (sighs) But it looks like that it's been rotted. Like it looks like the oh, maybe the yeah. bone has been rotted. Anyway, um, it could be really old. In which case, dental care has you know has come a long way even in recent years. Like most of our grandparents of our era all had their teeth removed and wore dentures. These days, it doesn't happen as much. Like mm. we've progressed a lot in dental care. So I don't actually get any. Um, well, I do. I'm lying. So the meat suit. Oh, um, <laughs> just that. So part of when I do what I do, I have to go into what most people would um, kind of experience as uh, when your eyes go into unfocused. Like I need to look at things from a what's the word? Like, um, 
I don't know the word. When, when you, like, when you intentionally kind of blur, like you... Oh, like when you're trying to look at those 3D images, they used yeah. to be books of them growing up and you could yeah. see a different uh-huh. picture. So I sure. make my eyes do that. Unfocused, yeah. Yeah. But there's, isn't there a word? I feel like there's a word for that uh, and there, I'm just having a complete... Of course there would be a word. I don't know what that blank. word anyway. is. So I was just doing it at this this picture of the skull and straight away I made, it made me think of Coco, the movie. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the well, skull? of course. That I would, know. Yeah. But, for a sec- but I was so focused on getting something and then all of a sudden I just Coco. thought Coco. <laughs> um, okay. Maybe it's a Mexican. It's not. Oh. So um, this, this the, what I do get is very, very, very vague. Um, but what I understand is that, the, that this was a male and uh, the spirit that belonged to this skull was a male um, and that he was some kind of um, professor, like some kind of science professor of some sort. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so we want to So this. I can see uh, this short, bald man wearing glasses that are like round, spectacle, old school, gold thin round frame um and he's wearing a white coat so i'm fairly certain that that he would be a doctor or a scientist um but he's like from forever ago like a really 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 long time ago in australia uh, i don't know um doesn't oh he probably looks like if he was australian he's definitely got some throwback oh don't we all yeah um he looks a little bit like danny devito Right. But not as pudgy, not as round. Sorry, Danny. From a long time ago, though. Yeah, he looks like he's, um, like he looks, no, he, mm, okay, so here we go. This is like describing <laughs> things that people, okay. Um, Do I have to it. Think of, well, I Do just have to it. think of ways to describe things that people are going to understand. What you're seeing. Yeah. Yep. So... If you were to look at a photo from someone in the, like, 1800s, you know how when you look at their face, they just look like they come from a long time ago? Yeah. There's just, it's like an evolution of faces. Like, people's looks just look like they're from... An era. An era, Yeah. 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 And he just has that look about him that makes me feel that he would probably be... From, um, I want to say early 1900s. Sure. Um, and I'm not entirely sure he actually intentionally back then gave his, um, consent to sign over himself for scientific research or whatever they call it, whatever they do. Laura actually just explained to me off air just before we started that that is actually a process that's done through private companies um, and you have to go down that avenue and it's not information that's shared to medical personnel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that he, because from what I can see, he was actually buried in a coffin um, hole. Yeah. So he wasn't cremated. He was like, he, he had a, he, he was in a coffin and Skull I think, included. Yeah. The whole, his whole body. Um, 
And I think that he has been, like, I think that somewhere along the line he's actually been found and they've removed the skull. I think his whole his whole skeleton's probably somewhere. Oh, okay. Like, I think that they've just found the skull, but I think the rest of his skeleton was also used. Wow. Um, but he is, he's like one of those people from the, I feel like he was like a nerd, but like next level nerd. Super smart. Uh, not smart at all. What? Yeah. Kind of like, um, wanted to be smart, but it's not smart. Like has to try really hard. Okay. He might've even just been, I don't know. There's just this, I get this really weird feeling about him that I, it's not that I don't like it. It's not creepy. It's just like, um, maybe just a few screws loose. Well, I'd be too if someone had my skull in their garage. Maybe pretended to, to know what he was doing. Like maybe like a, a, um, like a, um, like a doctor, but not a doctor. Wow. Or a scientist that's not really a scientist. I don't know. Like, I don't really know how they studied back then to do yeah, those it's things. Too hard. Yeah. But it's kind of like he's just not, like, he's not all there. Yeah. It's like his mind works differently. Wow. I can't really describe it properly, but there's something about him that just makes me feel that you just don't understand social cues. So, like, mental health? Maybe? I don't think it's mental. Okay. I feel like it's, um, I don't think it's mental health. Uh huh. I feel like it's more um, maybe even autistic. Yeah, like a physiological. Yeah. Thing. Maybe, because there's something about him that feels very medically sciencey. Yeah. Associated, and he's 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 showing me that that's what he did because of the costume that he's wearing. Yeah. Just like the man showed me that he was wearing a military uniform. So he's showing me what he did. But there's something about him that's just like, yeah, are you sure? How did he die? Natural causes? Because don't they always... He died in his 40s. He died in his mid-40s. Mm-hmm. And I think it was from some kind of infection. So he probably got a flu or something. But it's some kind of... Um, some not, kind of... Not a brain hemorrhage? Why did you say that? Just because they did a craniotomy. Unless it was just part of an autopsy, like that's what I mean. Like, how did they do what they did? Why did they do that? No idea. Was it an autopsy? Did he have, you know, did he give consent for them to do that? Maybe that's why. I don't think that, that he gave consent to anyone. Yeah. Um, but back then, it maybe wasn't necessarily required. Yeah. When they were trying to do research and work and whatnot. If that's what I mean. Just help themselves often. Mm. And maybe. That's why they did the craniotomy because of the, what I'm getting. Maybe that's why. Because he wasn't. He yeah, was a little bit something. different. Yeah, yeah there's something. To see. And maybe they wanted to understand it better. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. Wow. Um, but, like, it's all very. Um, so the way that I see visions is up close. And then all the way back to like almost like mini, 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 mini. And I have to zoom in on them sometimes, but sometimes there's only so far I can zoom. And quite often that tells me how long ago things were. Um, But also like um, 
how kind of invested I am in it too is a big is a big part of it as well and like I'm invested in knowing who this guy is but my energy just won't get in there to find out more which is just making me feel that the connection's just not that alive like it's not it's not as strong to the to the human skull yeah that I'm trying to get through through to that it's just um there's there's a lot of loss like it's a lot of disconnect in there so it's not when um Sean was asking spiritually not ethically bad is it to have someone's skull it's very spiritually bad to have someone's skull it's really bad Mm -hmm. it's not something that I I think that I think that he should unhave that skull (laughs) and what is the best way to unhave a skull I don't know. In this case, I really feel that um, maybe taking it to a university. Oh, yeah. Honouring um, that scientific side. Yeah. And just saying, look, this is where I found it when I was demolishing this university or whatever it was that he was demolishing. Yeah. I've had it for a little while because, to be honest. You can just say you inherited it. You don't even have to explain that. You can no, say. but it might, no, it might be good for the university to know where it came from because it's had so much kind of yep. working done to it. Yep. Like just tell the truth and yep. that's honouring the skull as well because this is the skull's journey. There's a reason why it's been brought back and it's yeah. been found and it's been kept. and Being talked about right now. Yeah, absolutely. There's yep. all reasons for it. I don't know what the fuck they are, but there's <laughs> reasons for it. And so you kind of, you just want to tell the truth. You yep. want to be someone that when these things happen, you just tell the truth so that yep. then you don't have to ever think about it again. Sure. Sean should write a little story of the skull. Maybe. To go with the skull. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would take it, if it was me, I would just take it to the local university and I'd just say, look, you know, weird but cool story. I don't want it anymore because I've come to the realisation that it's probably not best that I keep it, um, but I really didn't know what to do with it and I figured you guys would and then let it become the university's problem because I'm sure they have some kind of protocol as well. Like I don't think they'd be able to use it because they don't know where it's come from, but then who knows what they would do. Um, And I'm sure there would be a protocol in terms of being able to throw it in the bin, you know, like it let them make it, sorry, not sorry, make it their problem. Just make it somebody else's problem is what I would do. <laughs> Just get that shit away from me and make it somebody else's problem. But yeah, Put it but... in the post in a box and send it over to the Warren's Occult Museum. No. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think ethically it's not cool and I think spiritually it's not cool. I think ethically it's fine to use them for if they've been given consent to use for scientific purposes i think it's amazing and i think it's part of evolution spiritually not cool even though it's not it doesn't appear to be bothering him he's like got a weak signal coming through to you and he's not saying get my skull out of there i hate this he's not saying any of that no i don't think it's got any energy in it to like um like so not whoever holds it will then be cursed damned. <laughs> no. Uh not like that at all. Uh-huh. Um but you know like how when people are cremated and people keep their ashes at home? Yes. I know that there is reasons for people like everyone has their own reason yeah. for wanting to do that. Um and God, I've still got Buddha's ashes mm-hmm. in my in my wardrobe at home. Um, so I'm not saying like, don't do it, but the only part of them, like, you've got to think about it. They've been burnt. They have had everything taken out of them at that point. Like you've basically cleansed, 
Like there, there is no spirit left in in those ashes that you have. The only the only energy that it has is the energy that you give it attached to that person. But that per, having that person's ashes sitting on your altar at home or on your fireplace or on your bedside table or wherever it is in the wardrobe, is not bringing you anything in terms of attachment to that spirit, except for what you give it. Yeah, if that's what you if you if focus that's what on you're it, holding on it's to it go there. for yeah yeah. So the same with this skull is how I feel. Like I know it hasn't been burnt, but it's been pretty well cleansed and used and abused and God knows what they've done to it. Um, and it's from what I can understand at one point um, been like, from what I can understand, he has, he has gone through the rite of funeral, um, which makes a big difference. You know, like it's not like this skull was dug up from a mass burial ground or whatever and, you know, these people haven't been taken through the processes of release or whatever. Yeah. Because funeral is a ritual to release. He's had a funeral. Yeah, he has. So there's really no no spirit left in there. Meat suit is, is a little bit different. So, like... Meat suits to me is like infused with your spirit. Yeah. So thank Christ. Yeah. yeah. So thank yeah. Christ. Well, even when it's dead, it's like right. marinated meat. Oh, that's <laughs> so gross. I love it how you think that's gross. Yeah. Um, pi- yeah. Anyway, don't worry with what I was picturing. <laughs> uh, um, so like if thank God that, um, that, you know, our, we disintegrate that yeah. part of us because that would, I would have huge problems with that. Yeah. It's like cannibalism as well. It's just like, wow. Yeah. Other animals do it. Yeah, but they, they have they have different spiritual they do. evolutions. Yes. Different. Well, just different evolutions. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So unhave the skull. Unhave the skull, take it to a university is my advice and say not a problem anymore. Only if he wants to unhave it. I mean, you do you. Yes. However, I ain't having no skull in my house <laughs> that Not I'm aware of. Mm. Fair. Well, that was that was a lot. Thank you so much, Tracy, mm. for your wonderful Tracy-led episode of Turns Out It's Haunted. Mm. Keep the stories coming in. Keep the photos and everything coming in. Yes, please. Any ideas of the locations and what not to cover, let us know. And I'm going to do Monte Cristo, but we're going to go to Monte Cristo before we do it. So I'm going to start looking at some Australian ones, um, but I'd really like to be able to visit them before we go, before we do the episode. Yep. So COVID pending, depending on how impatient we get or I get yep. um, to do the topics, um, we'll probably focus on more international hauntings and places so yeah. that we can do the Australian ones when we go. I like the idea of the global myths and legends. Yeah. Sounds cool. Urban legends. We'll do it. Woo woo. Take right. care. Stay safe. Bye. Got a spooky story you'd like us to share or a haunted location you'd like us to cover? Send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore it's haunted. We'd appreciate a follow, a share, a rating, a review, whatever floats though.
until next time, sleep well, my scaredy cats.